We are at the beginning of this season of Lent that will lead us to Easter. And when we begin this season, um, there is a there is a story from the gospel that we typically begin with. And we begin with it each year. Um, it's found in the fourth chapter of Matthew. And if you are ready to receive the gospel this morning, would you stand and hear these, hear these words? Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. He fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, and afterwards he was famished. The tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, One does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command His angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, Again, it is written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain. And showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And he said to him, all these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Jesus said to him, away with you, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil left him and suddenly angels came and waited on him. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, if there's anything we don't need to know more about, it's temptation. We all know about temptation. Doesn't matter how old you are. Doesn't matter how young you are. We all know what it is to be tempted. Whether you're tempted to be mean to someone on the playground or to look up an answer for the test when you're supposed to have your books closed or to fudge on your taxes or to have an extra piece of pie when you're supposed to be on a diet. We all know what temptation is all about. Or at least... We think we do. I think perhaps that there's a little more to it than we commonly think. And, and perhaps there's some value in thinking about what temptation is doing to us and what it really wants to do to us. I think maybe we have too shallow a view of what temptation is. We think of it as, as the urge to do something that we really would like to do, but we shouldn't do. One more cigarette, one more drink, one more juicy rumor, one more unkind word. But the deepest temptation 
is not the urge to misbehave, to do what we know we shouldn't do. I want to suggest to you that temptation is really an enticement to compromise our identity, to change our identity, to abandon our identity, to be someone else other than who we are called to be. At its surface, temptation is, is the thing that wants us to do things we know we shouldn't do. But at its root, deep down, temptation is a call to abandon our identity or at least to change it. I think that's the message in Matthew's story of Jesus' temptation. Satan is not so much tempting Jesus to misbehave. He's not tempting Jesus to, to steal a wallet or sneak a peek at a Playboy centerfold or, or pick a fight with his neighbor. It's deeper than that. It's more than that. Satan is tempting Jesus to deny who he is, to forget that he's a child of God. You know, right before this story in Matthew's gospel is, is the time of Jesus' baptism. You remember when, when Jesus was baptized by John in the Jordan and after he came up out of the water, it says the heavens were opened and a voice spoke from heaven. You are my own beloved son. With you, I am well pleased. That's a statement of who Jesus is. You are my own beloved son. You are the heir to my identity and my mission. And my people, God was saying, you are my prophet, my priest, my anointed. You are my servant. You are the one with whom I'm entrusting the promise of redemption for all my people and all my world. You are the one. You are my beloved son. I am well pleased with you because you are embracing that identity. And walking the way that I am calling you to walk. Well, that's the long version of what I think God might have been saying then. It's so, when, when Jesus was baptized and when, when he, the Spirit led him into the wilderness, as Matthew tells us, that was the time when, when Jesus' own identity and his own vocation and his calling from God were most clear to him. Most immediate. Most clear, that's the time when he faces temptation. And it is precisely Jesus' identity that the devil seeks to destroy. Notice notice when Satan speaks to Jesus, notice the first thing he said. The first thing he says is, if you are the son of God, if If that's who you really are. The first thing he does is to call into question Jesus' very identity. If you are the Son of God, he begins by questioning Jesus' identity, by questioning his life's purpose, and by questioning his calling and questioning his ministry. If you are the Son of God. And then those three temptations, the temptation to turn stones into bread, and the temptation to throw himself down from the temple, and the temptation to worship Satan, those are are not merely enticements to do bad things. They are invitations to be somebody else, to live some life other than the life of the beloved Son of God. 
They are an invitation to, to call your own shots and to decide your own way, to do it my way, your way, the way you want to. Everything about these early chapters of Matthew from, from the genealogy that opens the gospel to the account of Jesus' baptism makes it plain that Jesus had been given a story to follow. He'd been given a narrative, a, an identity that, that God offered to him. And the devil wants Jesus to change the script. He wants him to trade God's story and to trade God's dream for some other story. And for some other dream. And notice that, that Jesus combats the devil's attack. Not with some theological innovation or with skillful philosophical counter arguments or clever, clever dialogue. But Jesus challenges Satan by quoting the story. By quoting God's story, the scriptures from Deuteronomy that Jesus was taught as a child, he resists the devil's wiles by quoting from the Holy Script. He won't change the script. He won't attempt to change God's story. He will not live by any other narrative other than the one he's been given by God. So Jesus, in facing Satan, he recalls God's story because he knows who he is and who he is called to be. Well, sisters and brothers, because you and I belong to Jesus Christ, we too have been given a part in God's story. In the very same story that Jesus played his role. We have a role to play in the holy drama of redemption that God is working out among his people and throughout his whole creation. We have been called. We have been given an identity in our baptism to be the beloved children of God, sons and daughters, no less. We are called to ministry in a broken and needy world. In our baptismal identity, we are called and we are identified as God's people, God's daughters and sons, to be those who sow love where there is hatred, who offer hope where there is despair, who practice faith where there is doubt, In a world where might makes right, we have been named God's ambassadors of reconciliation. But because we are called, because we share in Jesus' identity, we are also tempted. Tempted to change the script, to live out another story, tempted to be someone other than who we are called to be. You see, yielding to temptation is far more serious than just committing some transgression. To yield to temptation is to say at its root, I'm not a child of God. I will will not take my part in God's drama of redemption. I will go my own way. I will build my own dreams. You remember, I'm sure, the name of uh, Bishop Desmond Tutu. Uh, he became known to us um, in the midst of South Africa's uh, uh, battle against um, racial discrimination in what they called apartheid. And since then, Bishop Tutu has been renowned world over as one who, who fights for justice um, for all God's people um, in, in every part of the world. But sometimes, um, I have... I've read sometimes Bishop Tutu's closest colleagues are frustrated with him. 
They are frustrated, they become frustrated with the level of the bishop's tolerance and moderation. They wish he would be more aggressive with his opponents. They, they wish he would speak more strongly in favor of the causes of, of fairness and equality and justice that he so often takes on. One of them said one day, at his age, you think he would have learned to hate a little bit more. But the problem with Tutu is he embraces the gospel and he does it every day. And what he was saying, in effect, is that Desmond Tutu knows who he is. He remembers his baptism. He knows the gospel story and he will not attempt to change the script or compromise his identity as a child of God and ambassador for Christ. I may have told you before the story of um, of the senior class play in a particular high school. It's a it's the uh, it's the senior class play season in the high schools all around us. So this is an appropriate time to hear this story, even if you're hearing it again. Well, in this particular school, um, they had rehearsed their senior class play night after night for weeks, and on opening night they were ready. They had the play down perfectly. And so when the curtains opened, the house was packed with families and friends. The air was electric with anticipation. The first act was a dream. It came off perfectly. Every line, every move, every note was just what they had planned it would be. Their play was a comedy and every funny line evoked uh, uh, rich laughter from the audience. They were enjoying themselves and the cast was enjoying themselves too because they were doing it well. But in the middle of the second act, one of the actors forgot his line. You could see on his face that it was his turn to speak, but, but he couldn't find the right words. And the, the audience didn't sense it yet, but, but the other actors on the stage knew that this guy was hesitating. What to do? Everyone was paralyzed for just a moment because this unfortunate classmate had, was trying to remember his line and it wasn't coming. But it was okay because right behind the curtain was the play's director. And she was standing there with the script in her hand, following every page. And just as she was about to whisper the young man's line to him, just as she was ready to say it, he spoke. He he spoke a line that was not in the script. In his anxiety knowing that it was his turn, but not knowing what to say. He just made something up, but he spoke. And and not only that, but what he said happened to be funny, and the audience roared with laughter. And everybody on stage relaxed. Okay, we, we've gotten past the rough part. Now we can Now we can keep going. But unfortunately, when that forgetful young actor heard the laughter of the audience, he liked it. And and so he made up another line. And again, and again he was rewarded with with laughter, and so he made up another one. And it, it didn't take long until until the the play had gone off in a direction where the other actors didn't know how to follow, and they were all confused, and the play just kind of fell apart. And the audience figured it out pretty quickly and and uh, they didn't have much 
laughter yet and the, the young director, the woman who had worked night after night with the cast for weeks and weeks, poured herself into that event. She was standing still behind the curtains watching and, and you could see the tears running down her cheek. Jesus was cast into the lead role in God's drama of redemption. And the devil tempted Jesus to change the script, to change the drama, to improvise on his character, to take the drama in the direction that he wanted it to go, rather than the way God wanted it to go. But Jesus knew who he was. And and he trusted God so much that he would not change the script. He wouldn't change the drama and its direction. And he referred back constantly to God's gift of the drama, the script. It is written, he said. It is written. God has promised. Like Jesus, we who are part of the church of Jesus Christ have been baptized. We've been given in our baptism a sacred identity. And the words that God spoke about Jesus could have been spoken about us too. You are my own beloved son. You are my own beloved daughter. I am pleased with you. We too have been given our roles to play in God's great drama of redemption. Seek first the kingdom of God. Pray without ceasing. Repay no one evil for evil. Feed my lambs. Bear one another's burdens. Be kind to one another. Forgive one another. Love your enemies. Be merciful. Even now, the tempter whispers in your ear, Make up your own lines. Change the script. Go the way you want to go. Do what you want to do. You have better ideas than God has. Do it your way. You really are a good person after all. Your ideas would be better. But sisters and brothers, everything is at stake. The one who poured his life out for us into calling us and giving us our identity. The one who poured his life into saving us and deploying us in ministry. That very one is calling us to follow him. To play our role in his drama. To make our way through life accomplishing the challenging, sometimes sacrificial, often difficult, but promised rewarding things that Jesus calls us to do. Everything is at stake. He calls us to follow him. Amen.